Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review, and better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals. These conversations create the foundation for my book on what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. On today's episode, I'm joined by Amy Powers. Amy is a friend, client, and currently the VP of HR at Chart Industries. Amy, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Thanks for thinking of me. Yeah, you got it. So for those that don't know you, maybe if you want to share a little bit about yourself and your career and what you've been working on lately. Sure. Um, I am the Vice President of Human Resources for the Americas region uh, for Chart Industries. Um, and, you know, if I kind of go back and think through my career, um, you know, started in HR as a generalist um, at small organizations, um, nonprofit organizations. Um, and as time went on, um, just had an opportunity um, to get exposed to a lot of different things. Um, and I, I would say, you know, for all of you, sometimes HR can be frustrating and times you question your sanity of why you're in the role. Um, but there's lots of rewards to it, lots of accomplishments. Um, and for me, that the, the variety of interactions that you have with people and the impact that you have on the businesses is its own reward. Yeah, that's cool. So I, I, I want to start off first and foremost, I'd like to kind of get the conversation going at a very high level. And I know you've had a, a variety of roles and a number of experiences in human resources. So how would you describe the purpose of human resources? Um, so I would really look at it as making sure you are partnering with the business and what the business goals are to make sure you have the right people in the right seats. Um, and, and for me, that's really dedicated people plans. Um, so this would be things like, you know, what is, what are the roles that you need, not only now, but what's your, for the future and what is that changing to? Um, and of course, with that, you want to make sure it's a very engaging experience for employees. Um, so for me, engagement is a lot of different things. Um, it is partially compensation and benefits. Um, it is absolutely the job itself and the tasks and responsibilities for each individual. Um, and ultimately, it's, I, I feel very strongly about the relationship between the employee and their manager um, and making sure that that is constantly growing, challenging, um, and, and making sure that, you know, everybody is aware and communicating of what the business goals are and how each individual impacts those goals. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And I, I'm curious in talking with ways of like connecting the people to your business, the, the manager to that employee level relationship. Uh, also, in, you mentioned something called dedicated people plans, which maybe we can get a little bit more into that in a second. But what, what are some of the challenges that you faced in your career in being able to get the business to incorporate HR into those areas like employee and manager relationships or those dedicated employee plans or, or connecting the, the, the business to the people? There's a lot of different things. Um, and, and honestly, I'm glad you shared this question ahead of time. <laughs> um, so thinking a little bit about it, um, I often find sometimes uh, the HR team itself becomes so rule focused um, that you know, you, you rely on a policy, you rely on something to make a decision rather than necessarily thinking through 
what's the true purpose of that policy? What's the situation at hand? And, and do you really need to, to be so rules focused that you're not really partnering properly with managers um, or even employees? Um, so I think you know that that's definitely one item from just an HR reputation. Um, another item would be, you know, much of any function will have certain, um, you know, sort of core pieces that you need to do and you need to do well. So a lot of that is, you know, payroll, it's compensation, it's the benefits, it's sort of that kind of core functional processes that need to operate really well. Um, so sometimes when that doesn't work well, you, you're viewed as you can't do some of these basic things well, how can you add value in other processes that are even trickier? Um, and then I would say the third item um, is making sure managers view employees um, and talent as everyone's responsibility. It's mm. not solely HR's focus. Um, it is everyone's responsibility because it's it's the people throughout an organization that makes it successful. Um, and HR can't possibly touch every single individual, um, but the managers really do. And they, the managers make that really important impact. Yeah, that's a key factor that we'll get into in the book. And some of the additional insight is that the HR's you know, responsibility is to connect the people with the business. And then you have these managerial responsibilities and executive leadership. And how can HR empower them to do their jobs as effectively as possible and not necessarily take on the burden of every single employee-related development plan. It's really up to the manager when done right and effectively, and HR is there to sprinkle their suggestions, ideas, and a structure around that to ensure right. that it takes place. Exactly. And even so, when you look at like turnover information and in studies, people leave an organization because of that relationship with the manager. Um, so that's, it's really key to me. Managers are that foundation of the success of the company. So maybe we can start there and kind of continue on the, that, that barrier suggestions you might have, and maybe we'll focus in on that manager to employee relationship. Is there anything that you can speak to as far as uh, ways to remove that barrier? Maybe you've had a manager that doesn't get like, hey, this, this, I know this is a person on my team, it's HR's responsibility to develop them, or I have an issue and it's HR's responsibility to deal with it. Is there, is there suggestions you might have or things that you've experienced over time that, that maybe has helped you change that manager's mindset that this, this is my responsibility to make sure that my employee's happy and that we're developing them? Sure. Um, you know, that's, that's a, it, it's not an easy answer to that. Um, and, and quite honestly, every situation is going to be a little bit different. Um, what I really find is having that conversation with the manager of, you know, what's happening in the group, what's happening with the employee, what's, what are the goals of the function itself and the key items that it's delivering for the business success and where each employee fits in. So sometimes just having a little bit of that conversation and understanding what that department's and that manager's goals are um, allows you to have a conversation and how you can translate that to each individual employee. Turning it into a much more um, objective conversation. Um, managers often find it very difficult um, when you when you have uh, you may have someone who's not performing, and you've got to have a, a confrontation. No matter how small it might be, giving someone bad news is going to be viewed a confrontation. Um, so, really doing a lot of that coaching on 
how do you make it objective? How do you keep it focused on those results rather than um, you know, anything more emotionally related? No, that's great. Yeah, speaking that kind truth and being able to do it with you know, fact-based data, that's kind of the cornerstone of crucial conversations. And I think sometimes maybe those managers aren't equipped with that talent. And I know most people, uh, maybe I shouldn't say most, but many are don't like conflict. And so to have to address that with someone, especially someone you work with closely, you're afraid you're going to offend them or do something that'll hurt their feelings. When in actuality, you have a job to do and it's your responsibility to make sure that they're doing it well. Maybe there's a lot of reasons why it's happening that you can dig into and, and improve that relationship. So that's some good insight. Now you, you mentioned these dedicated people plans. Maybe, maybe that was just a word you, you, you used kind of three in a row, but maybe I felt like there was some intention around that. Do you mind sharing what that means? And is, is that something sure. that you work with at Chart that uh, maybe yeah. you can share a little more about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we do, we go through a very, very dedicated talent review um, on an annual basis, um, but some people will look at it as a succession plan, um, but we take it a little bit deeper from there. Um, so we'll, uh, our, our, to develop our people plans, um, we do a couple of different things. The first uh, is we will have small conversations with each of our departments on not only the goals of the department, um, the goals of the business, um, and, but we'll do a review of each person um, and where they might fall in a nine box, where their long-term career goals may be, where they may have some development opportunities. Um, and from there, um, we'll really work through what are the specific items, either for the department or the individual that we need to focus on. Um, so it could be, you know, we, we've got a new product that we're rolling out um, and we don't have any experience in a certain product, a certain technology. Um, you know, is there someone internally that we want to develop or is it a skill that it's external and we need to bring into the organization? Um, so there, there's things like that that we'll work through and think through, well, if we're going to be launching a product at a certain point, you know, we, we tend to try to back into an actionable project plan. Um, at the same time, we'll look at an existing employee and, you know, maybe we have someone who um, they have a desire to become, you know, a, a general manager or a CEO. Um, and so we've, we've got to do some real honest evaluations of folks on do they have that capability? Do they have the knowledge? Can we get them that experience? And if so, we actually create a very dedicated learning plan with touch points and follow-up points um, to make sure that they continue to grow. And we tell them, you're a high potential employee. We see you going you know, elsewhere. We see you growing in the organization. Um, so that there's, you know, there's really that engagement between both of us. Um, and we'll give them exposure to executive leadership. Um, so it won't be just staying within their department or their location. We want them to have exposure you know, across divisions, across countries, um, if possible. Um, so, so we'll work through things like that. Um, but we'll also aggregate all of that information um, from all of these departments and really look at where are our gaps. Um, so we might find we have a significant gap. We don't have enough knowledge in, you know, operations leadership. You know, what can we do to make sure that we start feeding that particular pipeline of, of skill, um, whether it be internal and external and create dedicated plans 
Um, we'll also look at our culture as we want to make some shifts on moving faster and saying yes to our customers. Um, you know, what are the things in our culture to make sure that we understand, you know, what do we have to do differently um, to have folks change that culture? Um, and with these different plans, we'll actually come up with dedicated action plans. Um, it is something that we present to our board of directors every year. Um, and it's something that we are um, moving away from, this is a once a year conversation that you have to have with HR. It's kind of like that performance review. <laughs> You know, you have to have that once a year conversation. We want it to be um, this living, breathing um, process. Um, so we're providing ongoing coaching and interaction with our managers on, this is what we said we were gonna do with this situation. How are you progressing? Um, so it's an accountability that we, we have with our managers and making sure that they're, you know, following through on those people plans that they helped create um, and we just, it wasn't just a once a time event and you just go back and do an evaluation again the following year. No, I, I totally get that. You're aligning the, the purpose and values of the company and then setting those goals for what you're trying to achieve and then working it down to the departments and individual level so they get how they fit into that puzzle piece. I'm just curious, how, how long has it taken you to put together something like you, you're, you're living and breathing that pretty consistently. How long has it taken you to put that together at your organization to get it to where it is today? I you know, it's really been a good three years. Um, it, it's not something that comes easy. Um, it's a, it, from a people standpoint, it's a significant shift on how managers are thinking about people, um, how they're actually assessing people and getting some outside feedback of, you know, you, you work with someone day in and day out and you know your experience with them, but what you don't know is you know, you may have some other departments that are, you know, downstream from a process in that person's work who has a different opinion. So we started very early on of just trying to have a communication and set a baseline on how we assess talent. Um, so that, that was really sort of that first year of trying to think more strategically um, about that talent and how we're interacting with each other. Um, but as we progressed over time, um, you know, we, we make continual tweaks um, to our assessment process, but we've tried to spend less time on having the perfect assessment process and having more frequent conversations, um, almost like a continuous feedback process that many companies are moving to for performance. Um, so we, we, we're, we've tried to remove the administrative, you know, difficulties or restrictions um, and make it more of a conversation uh, that results in a more organic goal and process than uh, anything very, very strict. Um, and I would say, you know, over, we've become, it's become an easier conversation year over year. Um, and now we're getting to the point of quarter over quarter, as opposed to an annual process, um, which I have to tell you from a HR professional, you know, I have some people who now come to me and say, when are we going to have our, our check-in on our talent plans? Because I want to tell you about, you know, some of these things that we've done and that I'm really excited about. Um, so for me, having managers come to me and wanting to share some of their progress and excitement has, has shown, you know, we've, we've made some progress and, and, a, and a different mindset than what we had had before. Now, congratulations. That's, that's really cool to hear and progressive. And I know it Put a ton of time and effort and strategy into that. I'm just curious if you had one piece of free advice to our listeners on what you did to be able to make that change. What did you do three, four, five years ago to be able to, to make that shift 
from in really engaging the managers into the development of their people and aligning that to their departmental goals and the organizational achievements that you're trying to get within chart? Make it easy for managers. Make it easy. They've got a lot of responsibilities on their shoulders, a lot of work that they've got to get done for their function. Um, so don't make it a very complex, overly scientific process. Make it simple, um, make it easy to understand. Sometimes, you know, it might be a little bit more work for HR to have more frequent conversations than try to lock everybody in a room for a couple of days to do this. Um, you know, so just make sure you're, you're very easy with that um, and give, give managers a lot of time. Um, give them some prep work and time to think about things before you have a conversation. Um, but again, just I, my, my really, my true core advice is just make it as easy and simple as you can, and you'll have a much easier time. No, I love that. That's great. Yeah, there's a lot of complex things going on in the world and within a company and organization, when you add something to somebody's responsibility, if you make it overly complicated, they won't implement it as simple as you can keep it, the better. So maybe that, maybe that's the answer to this question. If you could go back at the beginning of your career. Amy, and, and give yourself some advice. What, what would you tell yourself knowing what you know now? I, I would say the number one thing is be careful of applying your own opinion and your own experiences and have the answer to every situation. You've really got to have a different perspective and understand every circumstance um, to really help make a good decision rather than being very strict you know, on, on how you should approach a certain scenario or a certain circumstance. Um, so just realize you've not always had a lot of experiences and you're never gonna know what the, person's shoot, what the person you're dealing with has been through. Um, so really just think through what are those circumstances and, and, and understand it before applying judgment. Yeah, no, having empathy, those listening skills, I think those are kind of key. I think when you first start out in your career, you want to try to prove yourself. And oftentimes proving yourself to many means talking a lot or sharing your opinion. When in actuality, you may not have enough experience to, to shed that right light on a subject and where you do your best to listen and better understand and dig in. So that's that's great advice. So yeah, can I can I give one more? Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I would say um, you know, the other really important thing is try something and make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. Um, every person is going to do it. Um, and, but the, the really, the big thing that makes a difference is learn from those mistakes and try it again differently until you, until you feel comfortable and, and get it right for whatever the circumstances are. Um, you don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to be right all the time. You don't have to control everything, but you do have to try. You do have to, um, you know, get out of that comfort zone um, and, and really see what it takes to make things work. And when you make that mistake, acknowledge it. I, I've found more success when I've had an issue with someone I, and I go and say, listen, I, I made a mistake. I didn't mean to do this. This is what had happened. I apologize. That was not the intention. Let me tell you what I'm gonna do differently going forward. 
Um, and that created such a great relationship with folks because you're showing a little bit of vulnerability and that we're all in a similar circumstance. Um, and eventually you all become this really high functioning team um, where you get really comfortable with each other and you're able to share more of those you know, mistakes turning into growth. Yeah, I just finished listening to Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. I don't know if you've read it or listened to it before, but she has this term in it that she res it resonates through the book called Rumbling with Vulnerability. So it's her idea of like going into the into the cave and being willing and able to have really really transparent discussions, but doing it in a way that's incredibly vulnerable. As as you mentioned, I I made a mistake or I didn't think this was going to happen. I, I I thought this was the right thing to do. It really deflects the situation, and then having empathy for those that are involved in it and the cascading effects that those might have had. And then, most importantly, is learning from that mistake or whatever you want to call it. Right? I don't I don't like yeah. to use the word mistakes because it gets a really bad. Like we tried that out and it didn't work. It doesn't mean it at the time we made a decision that we thought this was going to work and we made it with good judgment, but it didn't. So. Let's not beat ourselves up over. Let's see if we can learn from that experience and make it better the next time. It's kind of iter iterative growth process. So, exactly. Well, the show is called HR Like a Boss. And my goal is to take these nuggets throughout today's conversation and others that I've had with amazingly awesome HR pros and, and develop a book around how people can do HR Like a Boss. And I'm just curious as to what would be your definition of someone doing HR Like a Boss? Um, you know, that's a really, really hard question. <laughs> um, you know, I have a few thoughts on that. And really, I think the number one thing is make sure that you are business minded. Um, you know, make sure you understand your organization's purpose um, and how it, it either makes profit or delivers a service to a community. Um, but when you understand what that business is, align every single one of your practices to what that success business success looks like um, in every single one of your processes make sure they're adding value um, and you know the bottom line is for me I, you got to find your way to yes find your the, as a business you have to find your way to yes for your customers and deliver for them it's the same thing in HR. Find your way to yes to make sure that you can deliver for the employee and that employee experience, for the manager and how they might manage a situation or have even you know very difficult situations pop up. Um, but even that yes uh, with with the leadership team and coming up with the company's strategic plans, you know find the way to make things happen um, and think outside the box of non-traditional HR things. Um, and, and just consider it and try it. Um, but really it's, it's, it's being that partner that really makes a big difference. Um, and don't ever lose sight of the fact um, that you've, you're, you're dealing with people um, and having compassion and fairness in all of those interactions and those decisions um, really, really creates a better relationship, a better reputation. Um, and, and honestly, you can feel good about the decisions you're making rather than, you know, you know, feeling poorly about it, a situation where um, you could have handled it differently. Amy, I really appreciate you being on the show today and sharing your insights. So I'm going to start with a quick recap. And I think the point you just made about trying to find a way to yes is paramount for HR. 
instead of getting in the way with rules, policies, and compliance, let's find a way that we can help the business say yes to our clients, to our managers, and to our employees. You also talked about partnering with the business and having dedicated employee plans that uh, I think you referenced them as dedicated people plans. You suggested that we keep them simple and at the same time, giving the manager the responsibility of their talent, ensuring that they know it's everyone's responsibility, just not human resources. So thank you for those insights. And I appreciate everyone checking out today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. Please like, comment, subscribe, and share with a friend. And until next time, let's continue to aspire to doing amazingly awesome HR.